Blog Talk Radio. Sponsored by the Appleseed Project, which is the sole project of the Revolutionary War Veterans Association. The Revolutionary War Veterans Association is dedicated to bringing you the absolute best fundamentals of rifle marksmanship two-day clinics in the United States today. The absolute best. And while you're there, we're going to talk to you about what it means to be an American, about the responsibilities you have to this nation, about the founders, the founders' plan for America, about the men and women who stood together on April 19, 1775 at Lexington Green, at the North Bridge in Concord, and along Battle Road back to Boston, beginning the American Revolutionary War. That's when our nation began, April 19, 1775. Everybody remembers July 4th, right? Declaration of Independence, July 4th. But without the April 19th, 1775, there would have been no July 4th, 1776. The American Revolutionary War had a beginning and it had an ending, right? It was designed to achieve certain goals. And when it did, which is our independence, then the war ended. The American Revolution was never meant to end. It was supposed to be a continuing experience of ever-expanding human freedoms, ever-expanding liberties. And it seems like that somewhere along the way, there's been kind of a disconnect between the ideas that the founders had and the direction that we're going in today. It seems that uh, instead of looking at uh, the baseball field 
from the batter's mound, when you're looking at the uh, at the two lines that uh, that have their singularity right where you're standing, and as they leave from you, they're ever expanding. It looks like more like we're standing on the pitcher's mound, where the two lines are converging and not that great a distance ahead of us, right? It's where the experiment would be ending, or the experience uh, of ever-expanding liberties will be ending. What are we going to do about that? How are we going to prevent that? Because I can tell you, sure as shooting, that that's the direction that we're heading in, right? That's exactly the direction that we're heading in. And it's a very difficult thing to get people uh, aroused and motivated to go out and uh, chip rusting paint uh, off the structure of a steel bridge. I mean, that just uh, has, has no glory in it, does it? It has, it has no, uh, no place for heroism, uh, no place for uh, romantic charges at the at the head of a group of men going into battle where you can turn the tide of battle and snatch victory from the jaws of defeat at the very last minute <clears throat> it's just a very mundane thing of chipping away the flaking paint and the rust that's eating and tearing apart the the steel that is supporting the structure and yet that's where we find ourselves today, right? In 1775, there there was less ambiguity. The colonists stood together in ranks, and they had a very easily discernible uh, a very easily discernible enemy. It was the British regulars who were marching out to confiscate the powder and other materials, the gunpowder and other materials of uh, of warfare from the colonists. They wanted the colonists <clears throat> to quit protesting about the uh, about the the problems that the colonists saw uh, going on in the colonies at the time, the intolerable acts, the closing of the ports, the retributional type uh, uh, laws and proclamations. And it was very easy to see. There they are. There's their problem right there. There, are, there is the enemy of liberty and freedom. They're right there. There's 900 of them. They're all wearing red coats. So that's very easy to see. And it's a very uh, simple problem. It's a very uh, there. There's not. There's no ambiguity in it. At least as far as. The people discerning the problem, seeing that what the problem was. Now, there, I'm sure there was a bit of ambiguity because there it wasn't in 1775. It wasn't uh, Americans against the British. There was no Americans at the time, or at least Americans as far as citizenship. There were Americans by birth, North Americans by birth. The folks that were standing in ranks there, many of them were on their third generation. They'd never been to England. They'd never seen Great Britain. They were they were uh, American colonists by birth, but yet they still considered themselves to be subjects of the king. They considered themselves to be English citizens. And the troops were British regular troops. 
So if there was ambiguity, that might have been it there, that uh, that uh, while there was a discernible enemy, it was not uh, a, for all intents and purposes, it wasn't a foreign enemy. And they were standing there to protest. And that's what the word had gone out that day. They were to protest. They were to stand in place and protest. They were not to fire unless fired upon. So all of these things, that uh, all of these uh, parameters that they were operating within were very simple. <clears throat> Today, it's still simple, although we're completely uh, clouded and cluttered up with information. Uh, information. And then that, of course, is even more blunted by ignorance, by the folks who who don't even take part in trying to uh, understand the information that uh, uh, that is washing over them like a tsunami. <clears throat> so what can we do? How are we going to fix this? Because if we don't, I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you that you will be in the uh, on the pitcher's mound looking at the experiment in freedom and liberty as it as the the two edges converge in a singularity which is the abolishment of freedoms and liberties which makes you uh where you will just end up as a cog in the wheel of the of the nanny state in the wheel of the government <clears throat> that's not what the plan from the founders was that's not the the future that the men and women who stood in ranks on April 19, 1775 at Lexington Green and at the North Bridge. That's not the future that, that they were contemplating. That's not the future they foresaw. And yet here we are, and we're not just creeping along toward it. I mean, we are racing. We're rushing at the speed of light. We're heading fast as we can toward that singularity. So how are we going to fix this? What are we going to do? Well, the answer is each and every person in this nation, each and every American citizen has to understand that the government is not the president the government is not your senator, it's not your congressman, it's not any of the alphabet acronym agencies that abound in the nation. It's not the mayor, it's not the uh it's not any one person. The government is the people of this nation. It spells it out very, very clearly in the Constitution. Uh, there are three documents that if you'll read them, and they're very short, people think that uh, if they dig into the Constitution or the uh, Declaration of Independence or the Bill of Rights, that it, it'll be a, uh, a, a huge tar baby uh, as far as reading ex- uh, experience. And yet it's not. Now, I'm not going to say that it's easy to... Uh, that it's easy to understand every bit of it, but it's not hard either. 
if you read those documents, and there's no reason that you can't, you can read them uh, in a uh, in a 15-minute setting. You can read them very easily, and there. And can you access them? You bet you can. Right? This is the electronic information age. You get on your computer, you hit uh, uh, one of the search engines, and uh, Declaration of Independence, Constitution of the United States, uh, the Bill of Rights, the amendments to the Constitution of these United States. Hit submit, and there you are. Uh, you'll probably get uh, 70, 80, 90 million hits on that. Just grab one of those. Grab one of those 70 million hits. Pop it open. And spend 15 minutes reading it. Understand. Understand the documents that run this nation. All right? And these aren't... uh, People hear the words living and breathing constitution. They're living and breathing documents. They can be changed at will. Listen, guys, if they can be changed at will, then they're meaningless, right? You can, if, you have a, if you pull out the Monopoly board game and you pull out the rules to the Monopoly board game and, it's, and at the bottom of the rules it says uh, these rules are living, breathing rules. So if you don't like some of the rules, just take them out. Or if you want to make new rules, then put those in there. And uh, the game will function just as it always does. And you'll find out that it doesn't. It doesn't function the same way. People start to get into arguments. People yell. There's, uh, uh, there's a great deal of disenchantment. And, and the next thing you know, uh, the, the, the nice, entertaining uh, board game <clears throat> has turned into uh, a fist fight. It's the same way with this nation. We have to have the the rules that we live by, and I'm telling you, if you want to, if you want to read uh, written brilliance, written genius, then take a look at the Constitution of the United States of America. Take a look at the Declaration of Independence. Take a look at the Bill of Rights. Because that's what you will find. You will find brilliance and genius put into words and put on paper. I'm always amazed when I read the words in those documents. You think that the folks back in uh, 1775, 1776, well, well, that's 230 years ago. I mean, uh, those guys are probably about cavemen compared to us, right? I mean, we're much, much smarter than them now. We've had 230 years to sharpen our pointed little heads. We must be brilliant by now. We have all of these things saying we're brilliant, we're smart. We're just the smartest folks in the face of the earth now. The reason that those documents are so brilliant, that they're so genius, is because being smarter, if you think that you're smarter now, being smarter will never change the truth. Being smarter never changes the truth. The truth is always the truth. It remains the truth whether you're ignorant or you're smart. It doesn't alter the truth. A 
And those ideas they put on that paper are the truth. All right, so now we've got a big job. We have to protect the truth. We have to protect freedom and liberty. We have to redirect those lines that at one time were expanding, that were moving out away from us. And, uh, well, you can, most of you guys that are listening to the show have been to an apple seed. When we talk about... Uh, the inches, minutes, and clicks portion of the program. We're talking about uh, minutes of arc, degrees of arc, cones of fire. It's the same thing. You have the singularity, which is you, at that point. You have your cone of fire. You have your degrees and minutes of arc that race away you from the point you're at, from the singularity, and they begin expanding to infinity. So we're looking at our position, our singularity, when the and the idea that the founders left, which is that truth, liberty, freedom would be an ever expanding. And somewhere out there in the distance it has uh it must have uh, hit a rock and ricocheted. Uh because now we're looking at it and we're seeing the two points converging. So once again, my question is, how are we going to stop this? How are we going to to redirect these angles? It's going to take a lot of work. One of the best things you can do is get yourself to an apple seed, all right? Because the Chinese had it correct when they said that every journey, no matter what the distance, every journey begins with one step, right? I don't care if you're walking across the room or if you're walking from here to Kashmir or Timbuktu uh, or Zimbabwe. It doesn't matter where you're headed to. To get from where you are to that next place, you have to pick up one foot and put it in front of the other to get started. Every journey begins with one step. So the first step that you're going to take is to get yourself to an apple seed. You're going to find out at an apple seed, we're going to talk to you about the the plans of the founders. We're going to talk to you about, uh, about the men and women who stood together on April 19, 1775. We're going to tell you about the sacrifices that they made, and the reasons that they made them. So you're going to get to an apple seed. <clears throat> you're going to experience, first of all, you're going to experience two days of the absolute best fundamentals of rifle marksmanship course in the United States. That alone, even if you stuck your fingers in your ears the whole time you were there, that alone is going to be worth your time. All right, but we're throwing in on top of that. We're throwing in the the secret of how we're going to get this fixed, of how we're going to to redirect our nation. So you come to an apple seed, you'll get the skills and techniques that are required 
to put you on the path to becoming a rifleman. And then at the same time, you're going to get the information about where you came from, about the history of this nation. And, and good grief, why in the world are we dragging out 235-year-old, dusty, moldy history? What's the point in that? What is it? What's the point in that? It's history. Okay, it's gone. It's, it's long past. There's 10 feet of dirt sitting on top of it. It's moldy. It's crumbly. It's about a bunch of guys who are dancing around in, in frilly shirts and short clothes. What's the point in that? Well, the answer is is that the things that have gone on before you, the history is what has made you. The history of this nation is what made this nation. There are a lot of folks that would like to, and this is a, this isn't just me, uh, my opinion on this. This is, uh, it's already starting. It's, uh, it's fairly well known that a great deal of our history that folks are trying to chop it off and bury it and put it in the closet, archive it, put it in the attic, wrap it up, ship it off, send it off. <clears throat> That's a mistake because we are the sum of our history. This nation is the sum of our history. If I were to come up to you and ask you who you are, and you say, well, my name is so-and-so. That's my first name. I said, well, nice to meet you, so-and-so. What's your last name? You said, well, my last name is, uh, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I said, okay, well, uh, who were your parents? And he said, well, my parents, well, they were, uh, the, well, I don't know who they were. I don't know. Well, what about your grandparents? Who were they? I don't know. I don't know who they were. What are you bugging me about this for? Well, what have you done in your life? Well, I've, I've, well, I don't know what I've done. All right, now here comes the big question, all right? Here comes the million-dollar question. All right, then, so-and-so, what are you going to do tomorrow? Well, I don't know. And you know why he doesn't know? Because he doesn't know what he's done. He doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know his history. He doesn't know where he came from, who his family was, what they did, what they created, the things they tried that worked, the things they tried that didn't work. He doesn't know any of that. He doesn't know not to put his hand on a hot burner on the stove. He doesn't know that because he doesn't know his history. So tomorrow he may well start out today first thing, putting his hand on top of that burner and then yelling, Ow! That thing is hot. Why didn't somebody tell me? History is very, very important. You have to know your history. We have to know the history of this nation. For one thing, let me tell you this, it's not dusty and moldy at all. You take a few minutes and you look back at the history of this nation, 
look back at the men and women, at the heroes and heroines that started this nation, you'll find you'll find the most courageous, the bravest, the most handsome, the most beautiful, the most compassionate, every superlative I can think of, you're going to find in the history of this nation. Yeah, there's some bad stuff. There's some bad stuff in in every single history book you can read about every single person, company, nation uh, on the face of the planet. All right? Everybody makes mistakes, and hopefully everybody learns from them. And the next time they go out, they try to do the right thing. But how are you going to know what the right thing is if you don't know what the wrong things were? You have to know the history of your nation. You have to understand the vision, the plan of the founders, if you want to understand where we are supposed to be as opposed to where we are. We're going to try and get you started with that on Appleseed Weekend. There's only so much we can do. The Appleseed Program takes its name from Johnny Appleseed and from the the history of Johnny Appleseed and the things that he did. You know, he went across he went across the country with apple seeds, planting apple seeds, tossing them out. And he didn't do it so that he could have apples to eat and taste the delicious ripening apples or crush them up into apple cider and drink it to quench his thirst. He didn't sit there with each seed and find the best ground for it and push it into the soil and then cover it up lovingly and then and water it and nurture it and just sit there at that tree and 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 help that tree along so that someday Someday he could collect all those apples for his own use. That wasn't it at all. And that's not what he did. He didn't have time for that. He took the apple seeds and he spread them out. He flung them out on his travels. Some of them landed in fertile ground. They took root and they grew. Some of them landed on rocky soil on barren soil and they and if they sprouted they withered and died but he didn't stay there to see it because he had a mission he had a mission to plant as many trees as he could and why like i said was it for him so that he could have apples so that he could sit there under that tree uh for a decade or two decades and finally start gathering in all those golden apples for himself? No. That was never the intention. The intention was to grow as many trees as he could across as much of the nation as he could for those who would come after. For his progeny. For his kids. For his grandkids. For his great-grandchildren. For the children and grandchildren and great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren of millions of Americans he would never see. And that's what we're doing. 
we're going to do our best to get to as many people as we can. We're going to get them off the couch. We're going to give them the apple seed message. We're going to get the, try and get them involved in the apple seed project. And if not here, then somewhere. I'm not telling you that apple seed is the only answer because it's not. Okay? It's not. I'm a fervent, diehard believer in apple seed, but I'm going to tell you it's not the only answer. It's simply one of the best ones I can see right now in my life. You're going to get them to become a part of the program, and then you're going to get them to a seventh step to get them to pass on the information to others. The Appleseed Project is supposed to be like a huge Paul Revere machine. You're supposed to tell two people about the Appleseed Project, about the Founders, a founder's plan for the nation, about the men and women who stood together on Lexington Green at the North Bridge in Concord, about Battle Road, about what they meant, about the sacrifices that they meant. And then those people are going to tell other people. And then those people are going to tell other people. And we're going to keep at it until we've woken up enough folks that we can challenge the British regulars, our own version of them. And I'm not talking about our government, right? Don't get that out of your heads. The Appleseed Project is not a, uh, a an institution sowing the ideas of uh, uh, armed insurrection or deterrence. All right? Forget that notion right now. We're reminding you of the reasons that all those thousands of men and women, all the sacrifices that they made 230-plus years ago, so that you wouldn't have to do that again, about the documents they created that allow you to have other alternatives than picking up a musket and standing in ranks, of dying of disease and infection and starvation and freezing to death, being killed in battle or, or heavens much worse, being wounded in battle and dying a slow, lingering death, losing your home, losing your possessions, losing your family, and then losing your life. The whole reason that they did that was that so that you would not have to. So that those who came after their progeny would not have to. And you don't. You don't if you will do something about it. Believe me, you can sit around and do nothing until that day finally comes. And and i'm not going to let i'm not telling you any secrets <clears throat> that one day in the future somewhere in the future i'm not saying it's soon but if things keep going the way that they're going we will lose our freedoms and we will lose all the abilities to do anything about them except some type of armed insurrection and you know what's going to happen then do you think you're going to change it then no you're just going to die. 
That's all there is. That's the answer, the answer and the ending to that story. You will live your life as a subject, an indentured servant of the government, until you die. That is what is down the road in some distant future, unless you do something about it now. And when you do something about it now, as I said, Appleseed has no uh, no part or parcel or intentions whatsoever in saying that we're going to do anything, that we're going to make any change out of the barrel of a rifle, because we're not. That's not how change is made now. There's no reason for it. What we're telling you, the message we're trying to get to you, is that that was done for you. People died for you by the tens of thousands. People died for you so that you would not have to die that way. What you have to do now is honor them. And that's the whole point behind the Revolutionary War Veterans Association, is to honor those folks who stood together in ranks, who made the difficult decision to stand together in ranks, to, by virtue of the fact that they were just standing there, were signing their names to death warrants, were rolling the dice, on sacrificing their homes, their families, their lives, in order that you might have this nation, that you might have these documents that allow you to do something other than what they did. That's what we tell you in Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship two-day rifle marksmanship clinic. That's what we're going to try and get you to do is help us. Help us get the word out. Help us remind folks how they got here, how this nation got here, the sacrifices that were made so that we wouldn't have to. And it's an honor. Believe me, it is an honor to be able to carry this message to the folks. All right, well, let's talk about how you're going to do it. The The name of the show tonight is Non Semper Eret Estas, all right? That is a uh, an ancient Latin phrase which translates into it will not always be summer. It will not always be summer. And and why are they saying that? What is that supposed to mean? It will not always be summer, right? It's kind of obvious. Uh, it's going to be summer, fall, winter, spring, right? That's the cycle that we're attached to on this planet. The meaning is, is that just as the seasons change, just as we can look forward to winter, 
The time to do something about the winter that is coming is now. There are, there are many parables that describe this. There's the uh, you know the ant and the grasshopper and uh, a myriad of parables that describe this, that are analogous to this uh, this situation. That means that right now, while we have a lot of different options, while we have a lot of different things we can do to help right this ship, to plug the holes, to to chip the paint off the rusting steel, to make this nation whole again, that the time is not infinite. That very soon, uh, the long, warm days of summer, the time when crops can be grown, when uh, fruits and, and nuts and meats can be harvested and put away for the coming winter, the summer, at some point, is going to end. And when it does, no more crops will grow. No more berries will ripen on the vine. No more uh, nuts will drop from trees. The time for for preparing, for for ensuring that your family, your community is in good shape, will be over. And then winter will be there. What are you doing now? What are you doing to plan to prepare for the survival of your nation? Now, I'm not talking about the prepping and survival as far as, uh, as like the ideas that we had when Jack was on the show uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, about food storage and, and shelter and water and energy and security and stuff like that for yourself, your family, et cetera. I'm not talking about that, all right? I'm talking about uh, the survival of the nation. That you can sit on your couch and you can grab the remote and you can dial in a uh, a 30-minute situational comedy. You can sit there and watch it. You can watch it from the beginning when it starts out happily. And then some type of uh, dramatic uh, uh, part of the storyline is brought in and and there's some type of crisis, and then it's resolved rather comically uh, right before the end of the show, and then things are put back, well, the happy faces are put back, there's a round of applause, and then the show ends, right? Voila, 30 uh, minutes from beginning to end. Happy crisis, happy again, show ends. And then take the remote and click to another one. And you can even live your life stringing those 30-minute situational comedies together. And that's how you can live your life. But that doesn't do anything for the nation. I've told you guys many times that that you have a sacred responsibility by virtue of the fact that you're living in this nation that you're an American, you have a sacred responsibility to safeguard the freedoms and liberties that living in this nation affords you. And that is a non-delegatable, open-ended, 
responsibility. You can't delegate it to your mother or your father or your sister or your brother, your son, your daughter, your milkman, your doctor, your... You certainly can't delegate it to your congressman or your senator, right? Not the responsibility for doing the right thing. You can tell them what you want done, and they can stand in for you. They can hold your place as your representative. But you can't give them, you can't delegate the responsibility to them for ensuring the freedoms and liberties of this nation. It's a non-delegatable, open-ended responsibility that rests solely on your shoulders, your shoulders alone. That doesn't mean that you, as an individual, have to bear the weight of saving the nation by yourself. That's ridiculous. What it means is, you have to become part of a group, part of a larger group, and throw your weight in behind them to help push the stone wheels, push the rock uphill. You're going to have to. As much as, as much as I would like to do it all on my own, part of being, uh, of living the life of a rifleman is accepting the fact that you can't. There's no way you can do it all on your own. There's no way it's ever going to happen that way. You're going to have to understand that you're going to need help from other folks, and you're going to need to help other folks. And the way that we're going to do this is we're going to start off, everybody's going to start off, we're going to start off with the Appleseed launch pad. We're going to start off by getting every single... uh, American rocket motor, hooking them up to an Appleseed launch pad, flicking the switch, igniting the the boosters, and shooting them off into space like uh, like those uh, space monkeys from the 50s. We're going to get them started on their own paths, each and every, every one of them. We're going to get them ignited, and we're going to help point them in the direction they need to go in, And we're going to get everybody together as a group, and we're going to do something about this. So let's start off with the the hardest part first. Uh, We already have the organization, okay, so we don't have to build that from scratch. We've got the Appleseed Project, an absolutely fantastic program. Now, I'm not going to tell you that, uh, as I said earlier, it's the only program. I'm going to tell you it's the best one that I've seen. It's the one I've decided to throw my lot in with. Now, is it a completely perfect program? Whoa, far from it. If you can find a perfect program, then uh, then uh, uh, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as a perfect program. And this program isn't perfect. It's just the best program that is in existence right now. And you don't have to create it. It's already done. We already got it set up. Now, you can make, uh, there can be constantly, we can be making, tweaking, and uh, and building on the program, and in fact, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, about uh, some of the new ideas coming up in the program, such as the library apple seeds. So the program can still be tweaked, but it doesn't need to be built. It's already built. It's already in place, ready for it, ready to go. 
All you have to do is find a location where the Appleseed Project uh, two-day rifle marksmanship weekend can be hosted. And contrary to uh, to most opinion, it's not that hard to find a place. All right, now that you've found a place, you're just going to have to get people to attend. Now, that may be a little bit harder, but it can be done. <clears throat> All right, so how are we going to do that? <clears throat> well, you're going to start off you're going to start off with the easiest thing, all right? That is, uh, once you've gotten the location set up and the event is uh, on the books at Appleseed, then it's listed on the uh, 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 the 2011 uh, shoot schedule, ready to go, then you're going to start promoting it. You're going to get other folks to come. And how are you going to do that? Well, the first, the most, uh, well, we call it the the super secret low-tech high-yield method. And that's word of mouth, all right? Word of mouth. That is the, in any promotional campaign, any promotional situation, any company that starts up, any classes, anything at all, any new product, the most important aspect of promotion is word of mouth because that is the that's the only uh method of promotion that doesn't require uh any additional contact or exposure to the product any additional information etc about the apple seed project is word of mouth you you hear about or you tell uh a friend or relative or you hear about the apple seed project from a trusted friend or relative, and they tell you it's a good thing to do, and you trust those folks, then you're going to go. You may need to find out some more information about it, where it is, when it's happening, how to prepare, etc. That's all on our website. But other than that, you're not going to need a whole lot of other stuff because you trust the person that told you about it. That's you. That's all you folks out there listening. You're the people I'm talking about. You're the folks that are going to be giving the word of mouth to the people that trust you. Now, we've got 10,000 members uh, on the forum. Now, and, and of course, this is all uh, wishful thinking because 10,000 people that sign up for a forum are not 10,000 workers. This is <laughs> this has uh, become, uh, you know, very obvious from, from day one. It was a, uh, a, a terrible... Uh, uh, it was terrible when we understood that, but uh, but I guess we're going to live with that. But let's just take it uh, as an example. So we have the 10,000 folks. You spread it out. You spread the responsibilities for this out among the 10,000 people. And then, and then the weight uh, of the mission of the project becomes much lighter. There's another Chinese proverb, right? Many hands... Make the load lighter. It's the same thing with us. If we have 10,000 forum members, then all that would mean was over the course of the year, each person would only need to get four people to attend for us to meet and exceed our goals because uh, we're going to get other people. But if, if the 10,000 folks took it as their responsibility 
to get to say, I'm going to get make sure I got four people that come to this event. And then listen, if you can't if you can't round up four people, you, know, you need to reevaluate your life. Uh, maybe your personality or your personal hygiene, something. If you can't get four people to listen to your opinion, to listen to your advice, and to come to an apple seed, then then something's wrong. So four people over the course of a year. And we've met and exceeded our mission goals probably by, uh, I would say, by 30 or 40%. We could probably end up with 70,000. That's if you get four people, you personally, if each and every uh, of the 10,000 members got four people to attend, there's 40,000 people right there. Now, that's not going to happen. Uh, well, don't, let me, don't let me jinx that with a self-fulfilling prophecy. I'll say this. It's going to happen, all right? It's going to happen. Uh, I hope. I've got my fingers crossed for it. But if it doesn't, that means that uh, that some of the additional load will be transferred to the people that are working. So, so how are we going to how are we going to make sure that we spread the load out even more, right? So, because that's what you want to do. You want to. You want to delegate responsibility, not for freedom and liberty, but delegate responsibility to as many people as you can to get other people to attend, right? Uh, So you're going to get folks to attend, first of all, with word of mouth. And you're going to get the people that it's easiest to get. Same way if you went fishing. If if I took you, if I said, here, we're going to go fishing. Here's the two places I was thinking about going fishing. One I got this 50 gallon uh, hogshead behind the house, and it's got uh, it's got about 30 or 40 uh, five pound fish in it. I don't know if you can get that many in there, but say it's got 30 or 40 five pound fish in there. <clears throat> and the other place is this place. It's a oh, it's about a two or three hour walk away from here, and uh, I really don't know. I've never caught any fish there. I've fished there a lot, but I've never caught any fish there. <clears throat> Which one do you think we should go to? I'm guessing it's going to be the the hog's head right there behind the house that has a 30 or 45-pound fish in it. Why wouldn't you go there first? Well, that's what we're asking you to do. Get the easy fish first. Pick the lowest fruit first. Get your friends to come to an apple seed. Get your relatives Get your mother and father. Get your son and daughter. Matter of fact, that's an easy fruit to pick there, too, your son or your daughter. Listen, they owe you. Don't forget to remind them that you gave them life, (laughs) that you took care of them for the first 18 to 45 years of their life, and uh, and now they owe you. And if they don't want to go, make them give you the grandkids. They owe you that. Just tell them, look, I'm going to come get the grandkids, and I'm going to take them to an apple seed. It's important that they that they learn the fundamentals of rifle marksmanship. It's important that they that they hear about the the history of our nation, about the founders and the, the plan for America. So I'm going to come get the grandkids and bring them to the event. All right? They owe you that much. Make sure you do that. Grab your friends and relatives first. 
Get the easy fruit. Get them to come. Don't forget your wife or your husband. Get them to come to an apple seed event. Get them to understand what it is you're doing. And I'm talking to you about the uh, uh, the instructors. A lot of times the instructors will not uh, will not consider this. Get your your wife or your husband to come to an event. Prove to them that you're not uh, out somewhere drinking beer and, and shooting at those empty beer cans for the whole weekend. Get them to an apple seed event. Let them see what you're really doing. Get them to understand how important this is to you. When they hear you tell the story, they're going to be proud of you. Your wife is, your husband is, your mother, your father, your sons, your daughters, your neighbors. When they look at you and they see you standing there in an apple seed instructor's uniform, wearing your uh, red, orange, blue, green hat, telling the story and telling it in a fashion that leaves no doubt that it means something to you, that it's important to you, they're going to have they're going to look at you in a new light. They're going to have a great deal more respect for you. I know I do. Every time I see an apple seed instructor telling the story, I immediately have a great deal more respect for them. Every time I hear them telling the story and telling it in a fashion that leaves me no doubt that it means something to them, then my estimation, my respect of them has grown tremendously. So will your friends, your relatives, your neighbors. So will theirs. They'll understand what you're doing. And they may not understand all of it that first weekend, but their respect for you is going to grow by leaps and bounds. So that's the first thing you do. You pick the easy fruit. You go and you get a friend, a relative, uh, a neighbor, and you go, look, come with me to an apple seed event uh, this next weekend. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to learn a lot. Uh, and maybe they maybe they owe you. Maybe you worked in their garage, or maybe you maybe you lent them a hundred bucks. Tell them they owe you. Say, look, remember that time I worked in your garage? Listen, you come to me. You come with me to an apple seed event this weekend, and we're square. Remember that fifty bucks I loaned you? That uh, hundred bucks I loaned you last month? <clears throat> you come with me to an apple seed event, and uh, and we're square. All right. And uh, and if you can't do that, talk to the shoot boss. Talk to the the, the person that's going to run the event. Or if you're the shoot boss, then uh, then grab a apple seed free attendance certificate and you say i want you to come to this event and here's what i'm going to do i'm going to i'm going to pay your way in with this uh, apple seed free certificate all right bring your wife with you bring your kids we'll get you all in there we'll get you on the line we'll give you two days of rifle the fundamentals of rifle marksmanship and we're going to give you uh, a tremendous amount of the history of this nation. Come and watch me tell the story. 
I want you to hear me tell the story. I want you to hear how important it is to me. I want you to hear me tell the story of the men and women who stood together in ranks at Lexington Green. Please come and hear me tell the story. I know that you'll enjoy it. So your friends, your relatives, your neighbors. Like I said, if they're strapped for cash, talk to your shoot boss. To shoot off discretion on confident people in or letting them come in for uh, to the uh, to the event. If you can get them in that way, then by all means do so. All right. I would gladly, if I knew I could get somebody in and I had a chance of adding them to my instructor crew here in Texas, I would gladly pull seventy bucks out of my wallet and and let them in. You know, pay for them in. If I had an inkling that they would become part of the crew and become an instructor for my uh, my portion of the state, you can bet I would talk to the shoot boss and get them comped in. <clears throat> We're not looking for money. We're looking for riflemen. That doesn't mean that everybody can come in free. And that would mean we'd all have to hitchhike to events and then uh, and sleep on top of the picnic table, which I've done before many times. But what I'm telling you is, Use whatever it takes to get the folks in. Appleseed, the Appleseed Project is a very, very, uh, it's an amazing program. It will sell itself if you get folks on the line, but you've got to get them on the line. Once you've got them there, we can, we can hook them and bring them into the program, but they've got to get there. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to use the low-tech, high-yield, super-secret word of mouth. And everybody listening is going to bring four people this year onto the line, okay? I'm going to look back at the uh, at the transcripts for the uh, – I'm not the transcripts, the attendance for the show. And uh, normally we have between uh, oh, five and 800 people for the show. So that is, uh, let's say, 3,200 people uh, that we can get just from the folks listening tonight. <clears throat> 3,200 people. So that's almost uh, one-twelfth of our year's tally done just from the folks that are listening tonight and that are accepting the uh, obligation to spring four, four people apiece. That's all. And as I said, that's not really that hard to do. If you don't know four folks that you can drag to the apples an apple seed uh, two-day rifle marksmanship weekend, then you need to you probably need to reevaluate uh, your life because the majority of the instructors that I've met on the line, I know for a fact that uh, that they are good people and they have dozens and dozens if not hundreds and hundreds of folks who look up to them and respect them reach into that bag of friends and start harvesting them all right make life easier on yourself get you some help by getting folks to attend an event so that they can go on to become instructors and promotional uh, assistants and get you some help the next thing you're going to do is uh is you're going to Make some flyers up. 
of the events. You're going to make some flyers up, and you're going to put the flyers in conspicuous places. Now, this doesn't uh, this doesn't take uh, a whole lot of energy. All right, this can be a uh, like a program that is writing a little tiny side program that's writing on top of your regular uh, uh, life dot execute program. Right. It's just a little uh, simultaneous program that's riding along with it. You uh, contact the uh, uh, contact the uh, the promo folks. You get them to send you out uh, a stack of uh, four or five hundred of the uh, of the new uh, promo flyers that we have. <clears throat> These are generic ones that have the young lady uh, on the front. <clears throat> Has a little band up on the uh, top right corner. And what you're going to do is you're going to take a magic marker and you're going to put your contact info up on that uh, uh, underneath where that band is in like a black magic marker or something. That's a contact info for you. And it doesn't have to be your home phone or home email, etc. I put my home phone on there. I put my regular email on there. My gosh, if I've got it, if I've got it on billboards in front of uh, about five hundred thousand people now, then. And nobody has come to my house and murdered me yet, although I'm sure it's on half a dozen serial killers, things to do list. But I put my home phone and my email on there, write it in black felt tip. And then I put them up, all right? Those are the ones that that are going to stay up uh, advertising the program. And then there's a way to contact contact me on that. Now, when we have a certain events coming up, then I'll also put the dates on there. April 16th, 17th, Davila, Texas, uh, and then my phone number on there, my email. I put those up, and those, like I said, you're going to these places anyway, right? You're going to stop at the store and get you a soda, or you're going to get a tank of gas, all right? You get the stack of flyers, and uh, you have uh, maybe two dozen, either in your door slot, in your console, in a one-gallon uh, Ziploc bag, because they'll fit in there, in a one-gallon Ziploc bag, in the, the back of your car, along with uh, one thing of uh, scotch tape and one of those uh, uh, 48-tack pieces of cardboard. All right? You've got those sitting there in that one-gallon Ziploc bag. So when you go into the store, you just bring in and you say, hey, would you mind if I put this up? And they go, no, go ahead. Tape, 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 tape. Now that's up. Now that's running for you. Now none of this stuff that you're going to be doing is going to produce a uh, a tsunami, a tidal wave of folks trying to overrun your Appleseed uh, location. What this is doing is it's out there plugging away, working for you day after day, introducing folks to the fact that the Appleseed Project is there and then how to get in touch with it. Now, they may walk by that uh, flyer ten times, Finally, on the 11th time or the 21st or the 78th time, they stop and they go, you know what? Let me let me give these guys a call. Let's see what's going on. Let me let me let me hit this. Let me write down this uh, website and see what's going on because I've walked past this thing 25 times and I always keep meaning to do that. And then they finally do. And you give them the information, and uh, and then they show up. So. So grab the flyers, put your contact stuff on there, keep them in the car with you. Like I said, this isn't, this shouldn't be made out into 
oh, now I've got to go and do this. I've got to go out. I've got to take some time out of my already 100-mile-an-hour life and put up these flyers. Oh, my gosh, I wish, uh, wish I could get somebody to do it for me. What you're doing, as I said, this program is just piggybacking on your life.execute program and and when you stop at the store, you're going to put it up say, when you get some gas. Uh, when you uh, uh, stop by the gun shop to uh, to get a uh, to take a look at one of the uh, the rifles that they have uh, that you want to take a look at, or something like that, or buy some ammunition, you're going to put one up. You're going to drop one off there on the counter. All right, that's just the way that it. That's the way that you do it. Every little nook and cranny. You're building a. You're building a a a house out of bricks, right? And there's just there's no way to put all uh, five thousand bricks into a bag and shake them out into a house. What you got to do is you got to you've got to get uh, uh, some uh, some masonry cement, put it down, and lay that brick down. And you got to get your trowel and grab up a another scoop of mortar. Flop it on there, and then put the other brick down. And that's what you're doing with word of mouth and then with your flyers. That's what you're doing. That's what we need you to do. The most important, the place where, the place where we stand to, where we stand ready to make a failure, although I don't think that apple seed is going to fail, but if we do, it'll be because we don't get enough folks to the line. Our program is good. Our instructors are excellent. The ideas that we're pushing is great. The instruction that we give is is the best instruction you can get. Our history, our heritage is extremely relevant. Everything we're doing is good. We just need to get it to more folks. Uh, I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about the uh, the analogy between uh, uh, between companies looking for workers and Appleseed. You've got these companies that uh, they need workers. They need people to come and and uh, design widgets, and then machine widgets, and weld widgets, and then pack widgets up, and then ship widgets, and then uh, then write into the books the accounts uh, of the of the widgets that were made and sold and shipped. They need folks for all of that, right? And on the other side of the line, here are all these thousands of people. They need a job making widgets. They're excellent widget makers. They're excellent widget uh, welders, sellers, packers, shippers. But they don't know where that company is that needs a job. So how do the two get together? That's called uh, frictional unemployment. You need a job. There are jobs out there. But neither the job nor the person needing the job know of each other. It's the same thing with what we're doing. I'm telling you right now that out of the 200 million Americans, there are over a million Americans that want to go to an apple seed. If we had a way to let every single American know that we existed, we might reach our 2016 goal this year, uh, well, actually, that's not going to happen because we don't have enough. We don't have the structure in place. 
But I'm telling you, there are a million people that want to come to Appleseed. They just don't know that we even exist. They never heard of us. So that's your job, getting the information out to people that we exist. Uh, Let me go ahead and bring on now the – and I'm going to ask you guys that are listening too. Uh, There's a uh, a post Fred started uh, about a new project that we're running called the Library Appleseeds. And – you folks that uh, either have uh, completed these uh, completed these uh, library apple seeds, and there's quite a few. I looked at the uh, the thread running on it. Uh, I believe it's titled it's April 19th, and uh, if it's April 19th and you're not at an apple seed, here's something. All right, and that's where Fred is outlining the the details for the library apple seed. All right, and. Uh, the uh, there's uh, quite a few. I think several folks that have already done these, and uh, then other folks that have them in the works. If you guys want to call in and talk about this, and we'd love to to uh, uh, to hear from you on this, and the call in number is three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. One more time. Three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. So if you have a uh a uh library apple seed, if you've already completed a couple, if you uh, have some in the works, if you'd like to do one, then uh then I invite you to call in, let us know how it went. Or if you have questions about how to do them, we'll be glad to answer them or explain to you the parameters uh, about this, etc. Uh, this is something that uh, uh, that we've we've been talking about for actually for years, uh, which is the rifleless apple seeds, and uh, and and they are uh, they're running now. So we're going to talk about those in just a second. <clears throat> Uh, I'm gonna give folks a chance to to call in. I'm gonna give you a few minutes uh, if you want to call in and talk to talk about it. And if you don't, then uh, I'll just give it the rundown. If the folks that the folks that are uh, that have already done it, if nobody's calling in, I'll I'll give the the details about it. Uh, but let me go ahead and say this: that uh, while this is a new kind of sanctioned event, this is something that's been going on for years now. Uh, and uh let's see the best person i can think uh who's doing something like this is uh uh Dave Swinford Cannon Man 61 he and his group uh have been running educational products uh projects telling folks about uh this time period in america about the founders about the way they lived uh everything everything about it even uh, like bringing complete uh, villages and stuff into the schools he's been doing this for a long time and he's also been a fantastic uh appleseed uh instructor and uh, i'm sure you've heard about cannon man he's the guy that uh that brings the cannons to the appleseeds he brings cannons uh flintlocks he lets people fire the flintlocks and the cannons at the appleseeds and he's brought this program 
to over 100,000 uh, American school children. That's a lot of kids. We have folks that uh, that have been going out to schools for quite a while. Uh, I myself, over the last, uh, I'd say the last three and a half years, four years, uh, I know that uh, I've brought it to four school districts and spoken to close to, I would say between six and eight hundred kids about the Appleseed Project. I've told them the uh, three strikes. I've told them about what we do and why we do it. And and I've got uh, I've got about 500 handwritten letters uh, proving that I was there, and uh, and it's a very worthwhile thing, uh, and it's very easy to do. Okay, you can if you've got a kid in school, you can uh, you can go to your school, you can talk to your kid's history teacher. And uh, say, listen, I'd like to sync up with you when you hit uh, American Revolutionary War period uh, history. Then would you mind if I came in and gave a short uh, talk to the kids about the events of April 19, 1775? And I have yet to have a teacher say no. It's been it's been 100% yes across the board. So. You can go and you can talk to the schools about this. Uh, I bring in uh, the uh, stuff, Revolutionary War stuff, clothing, musket balls, flints, uh, uh, different things that uh, uh, that Dave Swinford put together in a big box to send out to the folks. I take those through the schools with me, and while I'm telling the story, I hand those out, and they make their way around the classrooms and. I'm telling you, the kids absolutely love the the uh, the stuff, and uh, and it's a great chance to get the information out, to talk to the kids, and the kids will take that information home to their folks. Now, once again, you're not going to get a huge tsunami of folks uh, knocking on your door to come to an Appleseed event, even if you talk to 400 kids. That's not the way it works. That's not the way planting apple seeds works, right? Remember us talking about that earlier? You're putting the information out to hopefully hundreds, if not thousands of folks every year. And and that information is not always going to find a... Uh, uh, a nurturing place to grow. It's going to fall on a lot of barren deaf ears and it's going to wither and die. <clears throat> but it's not always going to wither and die. The more people you talk to, the more people are going to see the light, the more people that are going to understand what we're doing and why we're doing it, and then they're going to show up. <clears throat> so make sure that you consider going to the local schools, and you don't even have to have a kid in school. That, that makes it a lot easier, but you don't have to have a kid in school. I've spoken at uh, at several schools that my kids didn't attend. I just called up the school and said, hey, I've got, uh, I'm an uh, instructor with the Appleseed uh, 
uh, Rifle Marksmanship American Heritage and History organization. And I'd like to come in and speak uh, at your school to some of the kids that are going through American history right now and talk to them about the events uh, at the very beginning of our nation, about April 19, 1775. And uh, and they would say, okay, all right, they, they don't understand what you're doing. But they would say, okay, well, here, why don't I put you in touch with so-and-so. Here's their uh, contact information, et cetera. Or let me, give, let me take your information. I'll have one of the teachers contact you. And that's how you get started. That's how you, that's how you get it started, and that's your introduction. Now, you, there may not be a 100% uh, that say yes to you, but I guarantee it's not going to be 100% to say no. Somebody's going to say yes. They're going to let you come in. They're going to let you talk about the things that you know best, which is the three strikes. <clears throat> so think about going to the schools and and asking them to come and let you speak. And if nothing else, even if nobody comes, I'm going to tell you, it's amazingly rewarding to look at the kids and to see the the lights in their eyes when you're telling them the story and uh, to answer the questions that they have asked afterwards, to hear the excitement in their voices. Uh, it's very worthwhile. All right, the next thing is <clears throat> every city of any size, if it's got more than 100 people in it, it's probably got a Sons of the American Revolution, Daughters of the American Revolution chapter in that town. All right, very easy to find. Go to your trusty uh, uh, Google and Google Sons of the American Revolution, Daughters of the American Revolution. And then on each of the websites will be Find a Local Chapter. They all have that. Find a Local Chapter. You input your... Uh, address information, and they will give you a local chapter that uh, that's near you. <clears throat> when you find the local chapter, you send them an email, you give them a call, and explain the same thing. You say, look, uh, I would love to to come and speak to your membership about the Appleseed Project, about what we're doing, because the goals of the missions of the two organizations are very, very similar. Very similar. They love to have people come. I don't know that I've ever heard of a uh, Sons of the American Revolution or Daughters of the American Revolution uh, that have ever turned down uh, an Appleseed member who wanted to come and speak. I don't think that they've ever turned them down. They never turned me down. I think you can easily uh, get yourself... uh, a slot there. So so be sure be sure and check that out. And I don't see any reason that uh, the library apple seeds I'm telling you that is just the kind of mission that the SARs and the DARs would love to help you put up. I'm telling you, they would love to help you put one of these events on. Uh, they would bring all their stuff there, their information, the stuff they want they have for membership. Uh, 
and uh, and you would end up with uh, you may end up with a dozen ladies helping you roust up folks to attend. Okay, this is just the kind of thing that they would love to help uh, set up. Is a a nice uh, library type apathy. They probably let you put it on right there in their uh, uh, in their meeting center because each of them usually have a uh, some type of a uh, uh, you know a clubhouse, a chapter meeting house, and it would be just the the perfect opportunity for one of them to uh, uh, to help you put on. So don't neglect them. When it comes time to uh, for setting up one of these, all right. Uh, all right, and uh, at the same time, remember what I was saying earlier about uh, your delegating uh, or your the many hands make the load lighter. All right. Whenever I'm when I talk about radio, that's what I'm talking about. Radio is an absolutely uh, fantastic way to make the load lighter. You can use your word of mouth. You can put out uh, flyers at different places, or you can hand out flyers one by one to folks, and that's great because it has that uh, personal touch to it. But If you want to reach a lot of folks at once, that's what radio is designed to do. If you want to reach a lot of folks at once at the uh, at the in the fastest way, then that's exactly what you need to do: is get uh, get on the radio. Uh, Let's see, we've got uh, we've got some folks that. The folk calling in. <clears throat> I want to remind the folks again to uh, that if you have, if you're involved in the uh, library apple seeds, you have some experience with those. If you have questions about them, if you want to tell folks about how yours went, then I want to encourage you to call in because we'd like to hear from you. Uh, we'd like to be able to to spread the info around uh, about how these things run, how to do them, etc. So be sure and call in. Yes, I mean, you don't have to, and it doesn't have to be about library. It can be about any aspect of promotions or, or, or really anything tonight. If you want to call in, you want to talk about an event you just went to uh, or about the uh, Patriot Day events, uh, we don't mind. We'll still get you in, 347-308-8790. 347-308-8790. So if you want to talk about... Uh, if you want to talk about the library apple seeds uh, that you, if you just ran one, then uh, give us a call and we'll get you on the air and you can let the folks know how it went, what you did, what you would do different, if anything. And uh, if you have one planned, then uh, and you'd like some help with it or something, then please call in too. And we'll try and get you uh, hooked up with the folks that can help you. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so continuing on with the radio, and uh, uh, this is also uh, a very easy thing to do. Uh, the first thing you do is you find out uh, what stations 
that there are, where the stations are that uh, that that have the format that you want to uh, that you want to use, that have uh, that uh, are near you, because you want to start locally. You want to start with your local radio stations. <clears throat> you can go to Google once again and. Uh, and Google Radio Station Locator, and that will give you a, a specific search engine that's designed for uh, that's designed for finding the radio stations. Uh, you input what you're looking for, your location, your city, and it will let you know where the events are or where the radio stations are being held. It will give you the contact information. It will give you it will give you all the information that you need uh to find the the radio station and then uh, you can send them an email. You can uh, uh you can call them let them know what you're doing and what uh what you would like to do and what you would like to talk about and uh, and there's an extremely good chance that they will get you on the air uh once again i uh, sure you're gonna find some folks that are going to uh that are going to say no, but that's uh, that's that's the worst thing that'll happen. Is somebody will say no. Uh, the best thing that's going to happen is somebody's going to say yes. They're going to get you on the air. Like I said, the difference between uh, between handing out the flyers one at a time is uh, you can do maybe uh, maybe a hundred in a day if you're really really good. Where if you uh, you get yourself on the radio, then there's a good chance you're going to be talking to between uh, 5,000 and a million people. And that's a lot easier, a lot quicker to get the information out to that many folks at once. All right. If you have any questions about uh, about radio, about uh, getting stuff out on the air, or about... Uh, uh, setting up a radio interview or broadcast, then just get in touch with me. Send me a PM or email, and I'll be glad to. Uh, I'll be glad to help you get it set up. If you need some talent for the uh, for the radio show, I'll be glad to uh, put you in touch with somebody that can uh, that can be that can speak on the air. Uh, anything that any help that we can give you whatsoever, we'll be glad to do so. All right. And as I said, uh, uh, there's a, quite a few folks that have done this. Uh, Aromatic on the forum uh, is one of the guys that uh, was really good at this. Sam D uh, did this. Uh, a lot of folks uh, that made this one of the things that they did one of their specialties, and 
uh, each and every one of them survived. It didn't kill any of them, and also they uh, they were rarely turned down. Folks rarely turned them down. They would uh, ask to come on the air, and they would get on the air. Uh, Pop, Paul Hunt, he's another guy. Uh, he's been on the air quite a few times uh, the same way, and, and how? He just contacted them and asked them, and they put them on the air. I've been on the air uh, on different on other radio stations besides Block Talk. Uh, I would imagine at least two dozen times now, and uh, each time uh, I, I would say that four or five times uh, other folks contacted me, but the majority of the times I just contacted them and said, "Look, <clears throat> uh, here's who I am. Here's what we're doing." And uh, it's very, it's a very worthwhile program, nonprofit, all volunteer, grassroots, nationwide program dedicated to the fundamentals of rifle marksmanship and American heritage and history. And uh, I would sure like it if, uh, if you guys would allow us to come on and just give us a few minutes time to talk about it. No problem. They'd love to hear it, especially when you, whenever you are talking to your local stations. Local stations are always trying to get local news, local talent to come on because that's what is pertinent that's what's relevant to a local radio station is the local people and uh, they want you to come on they want you to get on the air and talk to their folks so so don't neglect radio radio is free and easy and listen once you do it then you're going to be you're going to send me a, a, a PM or an email, and you're going to say, man, oh, man, listen, Seattle, I did this, and I, I, you're not going to believe how easy it was, right? Because that's what they all say. You're not going to believe how easy it was. Well, yeah, I, I do believe how easy it was because I told you it was going to be that easy. <laughs> so so take the time to uh, find a radio station nearby. And send them an email uh, or call them on the phone. Let them know who you are, uh, what we do, why we do it, and then just ask them for just a few minutes. And uh, I can almost guarantee you they're going to say yes. All right, we've got – looks like we've got some of the folks who are involved with the the, uh, library apple seeds and uh they're going to talk to us about this i want to bring them on uh sprocket welcome to the show thank you thank you very much scout uh glad to be on again i uh wanted to i have uh two part two parts uh one has taught my experience and the other is a question so uh to give you my experience first um one of the local libraries here had a gentleman that has his own blog that i and I'm sure a couple other guys have bookmarked. Um, and he's something of a um, – I'm not sure if he's professional making a living at it or if he's just extremely enthusiastic. And um, But anyway, he, he gave a talk uh, on the subject of um, forgotten riders on March 9th, uh, on April 19th. And uh-huh. he talked about um, – it had the uh, feel of a uh, of a mythbusters or debunking some some popular myths and he talked about Hezekiah Wyman and he couldn't find any records 
and he he got pretty deep into his what he found during his research. He also talked about some some children riders. Uh, one was a, a Negro bugler from the Dedham area, Needham area, which is south and east of Boston. And um, so anyway, it was really interesting yeah, talk. Well, and hold on, you said you said he couldn't find any records for Hezekiah Wyman. Exactly, and and um, I didn't want to spin him up and and sidetrack his his right, conversation right. because it was his lecture. Um, he said, based on militia lists and um, records of those enlisted in the army of the Revolution. So I right. didn't want to talk about the fact that he probably was a veteran of the French and Indian Wars. Um, he talked about the age discrepancies in the stories. Um, he also talked about looking for Wyman, which was a very popular name, Hezekiah, which was a very popular name, putting the two together with a white-haired man that had a white horse. Well, turns out that there is such a gentleman that was approximately uh, 60 on the day, and in his will he left specifically his white horse. So, you know, I didn't want to tear that stuff apart and, and pick nits with the gentleman um, right. because because of the, the broader the broader topic of what he was trying to do. Right, um, right. So, so in my experience... To, it, why was he trying to bash the miss? He, he miss. wasn't bashing the miss. Like, you know, it, it just kind of had that feel. I don't think he, he intentionally had a chip on his shoulder. He just talked about... Um, and 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 he put it in context. He didn't frame it first. He put it in context afterwards. He talked about um, specifically the the vehicle, the literary vehicle called um, a legend. So everybody's kind of heard of that legend of Sleepy right. Hollow. Well, the legend of Sleepy Hollow, um, there really is a place. It's in New York. Some of the historical facts are, are tough to. Um, to verify through records and such, but it, it what it does is it puts a real location on a piece of fiction, um, as opposed to just creating a, a completely fictional location. Um, and he was actually kind of funny with the way he presented it, but he said they all seem to have this moral um, moral message at the end. Um, he didn't right. quite say big Catholic guilt, but that's what came to mind. But anyway, his talk was very interesting, and he's obviously done you know, just a, a, a butt ton of research on anything related to um, April 19th, Revolutionary War, and and things on, you know, 10 years on either side, 20 years on either side. Um, the room was filled with um, older people um, for the most part. When I say older, I'm going to say older than 35. Uh, many of them were, were definitely senior citizens. I'm not sure how many were there for the coffee and donuts. Um, but there was a few younger people, call it in the 35 to 50 range, and I did speak with them, and I spoke with um, the young lady in charge of programs, and it was real easy. It was, it was you know, you went there, and uh, it was interesting topic matter, you know, for us anyway because it's directly related, and um, she was there, and I said, look, you know, I'm not an expert. I'm not professional. I'm just a, an enthusiast, and if you'd like, and have room in your schedule, maybe I could do a talk. I can run down exactly, you know, what I would cover, um, give her sort of a brief um, 
bullet points highlight of the the topics to be discussed and 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 my speaking style I said was going to be different. He gave very much a lecture, lights low, slide screens and stuff like that where where you know, I don't have a PowerPoint presentation, but I can definitely have a conversation in a well-lit room and and get that audience participation. Um that was sort of my perception of of what I would do if I had the the podium, so to speak. Um, And she was very receptive. Um, It's in discussion. So basically she said they break in June for the summer um, and then they pick it up again in in September, kind of follows the school year. And it's just up to her and I to hammer things out and and find locations on the schedule. Um, And I said, you know, April being the month that it is, you know, maybe mid-March or late March would be a good time to, to sort of get people ramped up for that occasion. And, uh, again, we, we, she and I need to coordinate it and, and, and resolve it. So here comes the question part. Okay. Um, once I have this audience, and, and because, because Appleseed's roots are directly related in the shooting, at least in my perception, that's, everybody hears about it. Well, I can't say that. I heard about it from a shooting aspect first, the heritage, you know, we're a heritage club with a shooting problem. Um, once I have this audience, um, given the fact that we're in New England, given the fact that we're in, you know, the, given the fact that the town of Newton, which once issued firearms, you can't even say firearm out loud. It's something of a running joke, but um, it's not too far from the truth either. So, um do or should or um, is there uh, a want to get people to shoot as well as attend these these Liberty Seeds as they're known on the board or library seeds? That's my question. Was that well, clear? Well, certainly, uh, it, it's not about uh, uh, it's not about getting people to come to an apple seed. It's it's really no different than if you if you had an apple seed schedule and you uh you took off the uh, uh took out the rifles uh then uh it's 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 going to be the same thing let me uh hold on just a second i'm going to i'm going to bring on uh here we go I'm going to bring on uh, uh, the old guide. He's already run one, and uh, and have him uh, also answer the question. Uh, I don't. And old guide, I don't know your name, so I'm just going to call you old guide. Welcome to the show. That's fine. Good evening. Uh, how are you I doing this evening? Lincoln, Maine. All and right. And how did how did you run it? Because uh, Sprocket's talking about. He just. Did you hear his question? Or did yes, you I hear did. it on the air? Yeah. Okay. Well, he's uh, talking about uh, how, as far as mating up the the idea that uh, you've got the library apple seed, and then are we uh, asking them or uh, suggesting that they come to an apple seed afterward? I'm sure it would have to. It would, you would need to tailor it to your specific audience. But go ahead and, uh, and give us your opinion on that and what you did. Yep, that's the key right there. Uh, here in Lincoln, Maine, everybody hunts and fishes. 
And you walk in the hardware store with a 357 Magnum on your hip, nobody blinks. I mean, that, that's the kind of community it is. This population right. is 5,200 people, and from Main Street in Lincoln to the next paved road is about 50 miles through the woods. So, you know, we're out we're out in the woods up here, and right. it's a receptive audience. And the librarian and her, and her husband were there, and nine other people. So I had a total of eleven. And they were totally fascinated. You know, as I, I started out, uh, I started out with the fact that my wife's family came over on the Mayflower on one side, and the other side of her family owned the ship. So, you know, we go back. And 150 years later, I don't dwell on that at all, but 150 years later in 1770, and that's where I lead into the story a little bit, and then I talk about April 18th and April 19th. I had one hour. I'd like to do it in an hour and a half, but I had one hour and we had to get out of there. So right. uh, we did run over a little bit because they wanted to hear more, and they want me back next year. And they want my wife back next year in Women's History Month uh, in March as, as kind of a lead-in. And they'd like to do more during the school year. So, I mean, they've they really got into it. And uh, I didn't talk a lot about shooting, but I said, this is where you learn it, you know, and, uh, is in connection with an apple seed event. And it teaches basic firearm safety. I emphasize safety. They teach marksmanship, and they teach history and our traditions and how we came to be a nation. And uh, and they just, they were, I had them for completely for an hour. I mean, they were fascinated, only had, only had a couple of questions. One of the ladies there belongs to the Daughters of the American Revolution, and she was just there to make sure I knew my stuff, and she agreed that I did. Well, that's terrific. That's uh, that. That um, I'm actually got a a, a big grin on that, after that remark. That's actually kind of funny, because you know, uh, Scout said he doesn't believe in Hezekiah Wyman. You may as well tell me Santa Claus doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, here's the deal. You know, Hezekiah same... Wyman is uh, it, it is hard to find to track down this information because remember, you know, it's we're talking about 235 years ago. And people didn't, people, there wasn't a lot of written records. And a lot of times all you will find is stuff such as uh, pension lists and stuff like that. However, uh, I do remember one night uh, working late into the night uh, doing research. And for the life of me, I've never been able to find it again. Uh, but uh, it was on the town page uh, for... Uh, you know the rest of the guys. You remember the dangerous old men stories that we that we tell. It was in the town page for one of the towns there, and they were talking. They listed <clears throat> uh, the party that went out. David Lampson and the rest of his men. Hezekiah Wyman was listed as one of the members. Yeah. And uh, hmm. and I can't find it. I've searched forever and ever because I, I didn't find it by searching for it. I found it by going down a different trail that had nothing to do with that and just happened to stumble on this story on the in the town records. Hezekiah Wyman was one of the men in Lampson's party. So uh, so he existed. There's a record of him from from then. 
So, Well, Scott, if I may, I'm going to suggest that if anybody does find that similar record, that they post it up because, I, you know, that would, would definitely be helpful, a bit of a, uh, ammunition, if you will. You know, that would, it would be nice to have um, for, for reference and record. Um, anyway, sorry. Well, that's okay. No, this is great. And the main thing that we're doing is the same way the same way that we're doing it at Appleseeds. I mean, you got folks uh, like Old Guide and yourself, and and I know that there's other folks involved with this. I was reading the thread uh, earlier before the show, and uh, there are quite a few folks that are involved with this. Now, listen, uh, I I posted onto the thread uh, just kind of joking that uh, I wish I had made some suggestions about something like this because this is something I've been pushing for a long time. And uh, and it's very easy to do. Uh, I'm just like, uh, well, just like uh, old guy just said, he talked to the, the library folks. They said, go ahead. You're talking to them now. They may say yes, they may say no. If they say no, no harm, no foul. All right, go to the next library. Ask them. And it doesn't have to be a library. Like I said, my suggestion would be something like contact the SARDER folks and say, hey, I'd like to, to get together a group to come and listen to the story of April uh, 18th and 19th. And would you guys help me in putting together a group? Because they already got a ready-made group. They already got a roster of folks who that's what their mission is, is keeping alive the stories and honoring the folks. So. I'm telling you, if you marry these two ideas together, you're going to get a lot of response from it. Now, I'm not telling you that every single person is going to welcome you with opening arms. That's just not the way human beings are. There's all different kinds of things. There's scheduling. There is the uh, the worst one is the, uh, what is it? I don't remember the acronym for it, but it's the the idea did not originate here thing where, you know, if somebody comes in, they want to do something, and, and they don't want to let you because they didn't think of it. But the bottom line is, is that for every person that says no, there's going to be five or ten that say, yeah, we'd love to have that. And what you'll have to do is you'll have to go into the – you'll have to have an an idea of what you're going to do. And if you go to the thread, if you go to the uh, promotions thread that uh, where they're talking about this, and I don't know if there's – old guy, maybe you know. Maybe – I don't know if anybody – if everybody can see the the, – uh, WLX promotions thread. Maybe there's another thread put up somewhere else that's open to uh, uh, to everybody. But if you go, if if they start another thread and start posting the stuff there, then there'll be a wealth of information, outlines, etc., that you can use to set up your talk. And then when you go in, make sure that you're going in uh, informed enough about what you're going to talk about, just like you would if you were going to tell the three strikes had an apple seed uh, yep. shoot. And be ready to roll with the punches. If your crowd, uh, if they, uh, if you're talking about uh, the stuff and they want to hear more about some certain area, then by gosh, give it to them. Go down that trail. Regale them with stories of the dangerous old men. Uh, if if the if the audience is uh, receptive to hearing about being invited to uh, an apple seed event and shooting invite them uh yeah. you know you can always put the you can always put it out there unless you've been told and you can talk to the whoever's hosting it and say can i invite 
them to come and shoot, and if they say no, then don't invite them. If they say by all means, then yeah. Say, look, we'd love to have you guys out. You guys want to come out and shoot? We'd love to have you out. We'll we'll dig up some rifles for you, and uh, we'll get you on the line. We'll get you guys shooting. Uh, you'll have to kind of play it by ear once you're there. And that's not hard for an AFC instructor to do. Uh, nope. we, are, no, we, we are the masters of uh, improvising, uh, adapting, overcoming. Sounds good. Well, I appreciate your insights, uh, old guide. And uh, were you down here when uh, you know a few weeks ago when when some guy named Fred gave a talk? I was. Yep. Okay, we met. In fact, in fact, my wife has the only blue hat signed by Fred. <laughs> yes, I, I yes. And, and you had a big van, and she road. has wheels under her feet, right? She does. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. I I recall now. At the end of my talk at the library, I gave the librarian a copy of the uh, broadsheet uh, Bloody British Butchery. Uh-huh. And she carried that thing like it was the original. She, she treasures that thing. Well, Those are great, go. by the way. I, I'm sure that they will be, uh, as this thing, as it starts getting uh, momentum, that uh, we can make more and more uh, materials, more and more instructional materials, more outlines, and more uh, promotional materials like the broadsides and the rest of the stuff, make it available to the folks doing it. Because, you know, if you're yep. doing an event and you're going to have 30 folks there, there's no reason that you can't get sent uh, 30 copies of the broadside. we got stacks of them and uh, make those available to the folks. I'm sure that uh, within a week or two there'll be uh, that somebody will design the PowerPoint for uh, – for giving, uh, you know, if you want to use a PowerPoint for your instruction, that somebody will have one devised by then. You know, we're we're good at adapting and overcoming and building and uh, and making. So I, I encourage everybody to do this because even if the folks that come to an event, even if they don't shoot, they're still going to learn. the The main thing that we're telling people is to remember that the the men and women, and on April 19, 1775, the reason they stood together in ranks and then what they hoped to achieve by that. And we know that they achieved the birth of a nation. And we also know that in the course of that nation being birthed and developing and becoming what it is today, that it generated documents that now run our nation and that those documents provide the the uh, the – the plan that the founders envisioned for us. And that plan was that we would all become working members, we would all become responsible working members uh, of the governing body of this nation. And that's the, that is the main thing that we want to get to folks, is for them to understand what their job is, how that each and every one of them, it doesn't matter what they've done in their lives, or how old they are, how young they are, all of them, they still, each and every one, bear the sacred responsibility of standing on the wall, of ensuring that the freedoms and liberties that living in this nation affords you do not disappear, that they are safeguarded, that they are treasured and valued. And that mission can go to everybody, whether they got a rifle in their hand or not. Yep, I, uh, if you can still hear me, I... 
I told the story with no notes. I carry uh, an outline with me just in case I get sidetracked or or just have a <laughs> have a senior moment. But uh, I told the story with no notes, whatever, and they were kind of surprised and impressed by that. Well, yeah, exactly, because uh, <laughs> I, th- I think that everybody is uh, is a is a bit surprised by that. I'll tell you who's the most who was not he wasn't he was surprised, but uh, I, I was very proud of. Uh, uh, oh, I guess it's been over a year ago. The first time we had Dr. Fisher on, and uh, and of course he and I have talked for quite a bit uh, before he came to the show and then after, and uh, <clears throat> he was surprised by by how much we knew about his book, uh, oh. and uh, and I think that even during the show at one point he said, "Well, well, there's nothing I'm going to tell you guys because uh, you know every everybody was asking questions and talking." About the events of that day, and uh, and everyone had read the book, and everyone had uh, had that knowledge in their heads, and were able to speak on it intelligently. And he was very impressed by that. This scout? Yes, sir. The uh, the old guide. Uh, I got an email from from uh, Amazon.com. They want to buy my book back. They want to buy back Paul Revere's ride. They they can't find him and they can't stock him. No kidding. I told them no, no, not for sale. <laughs> well, I, I'll sell it to another apple seeder for an upcharge because I've got all kinds of notes and highlights and bookmarks in mine. <laughs> oh man! Well, you know what? That is really interesting. I'm going to find out more about that because I, I I've been joking with uh, Doctor Fisher that uh, uh, that he owes us. Uh, like some uh, personal appearances and stuff because uh, we've been out there uh, pounding the pavement selling his book to uh, tens of thousands of Americans. And uh, yep. and uh, so we want our cut now. Well, I will you, say this. Look, um, well, I, will, I went uh, back. Go ahead, sir. I went back and I Googled it. Excuse me. I just, I just went into Amazon, rather, and called up Paul Revere's ride and they have nothing in stock, and they're they're inviting you to sell one if you if you will. They want to buy them back. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> That's a riot. That is funny. Uh, well, last year, last year we were down the North Bridge for the, for a uh, for for an IBC, and there was a, a group, and a gentleman had the book, and and actually several people on the day up and down the battle road, had the book. Uh, yep. Completely unrelated to RWVA, um, a couple were reenactors, and a couple were just sort of, uh, I'll classify them as enthusiasts, uh, history buffs, however you want to say it. Yep. And, yep. and you know, we all seem to be carrying the same tome, which is, yep. uh, you know, um, kind of a great lead. And the gentleman at, that gave the, the lecture at the library, um, when he opened, he actually briefly um, mention, you know, how in-depth the book was and how um, rich the book was with, with research and things like that. Um, so well, it, I'll tell it, you, yeah, I've, it's going around. I've read, uh, uh, I don't know how many books now that uh, concerning that time period, uh, I would say at least a dozen uh, that are on that specific, that cover that specific time, either uh, 
uh, as their main topic or as a uh, as a sub main topic. And there is no book that uh, that covers it as in depth as uh, Paul Revere's Ride by David Hackett Fisher. Same thing goes yep. for Washington's Crossing. Uh, and on both of those subjects, uh, David Hackett Fisher has done a tremendous job of uh, of ferreting out all the facts and putting it in a uh, in a, uh, a a book that is almost a historical fiction type read because uh, it's not dry, it's not uh, uh, a dusty story. You know, even Washington's Crossing. I remember the story there about uh, that I found that was really impressive was. <clears throat> Uh, a story about Washington, and you know, he always throughout the whole Revolutionary War, he was uh, he was very very committed to gathering intelligence, and uh, and it goes into one of the stories about this uh, uh, this intelligence operative that he had over uh, uh, in New Jersey gaining intelligence, and the way that the guy got the information to him was he he came. Uh, uh, he came into Washington's camp and then, I guess, uh, came within ride of the pickets, allowed himself to be captured, even putting up a fight. He, uh, I believe he was a teamster or something because we're talking about how he was fighting with the pickets with a bullwhip, and they were about to shoot him. They brought him in and uh, uh, were questioning him. Washington brought them into his uh, his office made everybody else leave, and then supposedly he interrogated the guy. Then said he was going to be uh, he was going to be locked in irons, and then he was going to to have a trial and, and most probably be hung. And they put him in this uh, in this improvisational jail, and somehow during the night the lock was opened with a key. It wasn't busted. The lock was open with a key, and he was he escaped and went back to his uh, work there in New Jersey. So uh, the stories like that I thought were very, very interesting. And you'll find those stories, the details of them, in Washington's Crossing, in David Hackett Fisher's book, uh, Paul Revere's Ride. Those are the absolute best on those uh, uh, of any I've found so far on those two events. He's a fantastic Author, and but I encourage you too. Scott, have you have either you guys got back into the appendix yet? There's there's information oh, oh, yeah. in the appendix that's just amazing. Yeah. Um, you know some of the stuff in there. I mean, he's got tide data, moon data, all that kind of weather stuff. But then he's got um, small snippets of stories and just things that weren't didn't flow with the way the book was written, but it was still important to put in in, in the appendix. And dig through the appendix. It's really pretty cool. Right. Um, well, listen, guys, we are completely out of time now. That's the English lady speaking in our ears, saying that uh, we have 60 seconds to end the revolution. I want to thank you guys for calling in. I would like you to, to think about all the stuff that I've listed tonight as far as promoting. Promotions is the key, the key to making our goals. Making our goals is a key to spreading the message and ensuring that the Appleseed Project is uh, a continued Success. Good luck with the library apple seeds, and uh, we'll see you guys again next Tuesday. We have some great guests coming up. I don't have the exact order for everybody, but we have some great guests coming up uh, 
in the next uh, couple of weeks, and uh, we'll see you then. All right? We'll see you this next Tuesday. Uh, Good night, all. I'll see you in Central. Thank you, Sprocket. Thanks, old God. Uh, thanks, Hi. Normandy Landing, who is my call screener. Uh, thanks, everybody that called in, and thanks to everyone that listens and makes our show uh, in the top ten every single week for the last two years out of uh, almost 800 radio stations. All right, thank you, everybody. Uh, God bless and good night. Good night.